James, you saw, he died. <laughs> we came, you saw, he died. <laughs> Look, you saw, he died. <laughs> Three, and we are recording. Hello, everyone. We are back. We are back. It's been a week. Um, a lot of news to cover. A week uh, of shits and gigs. There's been a lot of shits and gigs. Lots of serious um, and funny shits and gigs. And, and uh, some moves in the White House that are going to have some reverberations and repercussions. So, Is Donald Trump about ready to drop the hammer down on, on a lot of people? I think we're we're at the point now where so so I think we said this a couple times on our podcast. We knew that Reince Priebus was going to be the establishment goblin leading Trump through the caves. And who's Reince Priebus, Ross? For all that don't know, for the low info voters, uh, Reince Priebus is the chief of staff to Trump, and he was the establishment former head of the RNC, and his job was to onboard, transition, get everything moving so that you know. He, he helps Trump navigate Congress and how this all works and whatever. Hasn't paid dividends to the extent that we expected uh, because we knew Priebus is A, he's a leaker. B, he's trying to undermine He's leaky. Trump. He's very leaky. He's a known leaky. He's a known leaky. Uh, <coughs> that was a wet burp. Um, uh, oh, nice one. Nice I'll take out, that out. There's no need for burps. Get it out, man. Get it out. Um, so what's going to happen soon? So we're now seeing that Spicer was a was a Priebus guy. Sean Spicer, everyone was like, okay, fun to to mock on SNL. Gave really former Sean Spicer, former now White House former, spokesman, former White House spokesman. Now we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders, daughter of Mike Huckabee, and she is fantastic. She she just has like she doesn't put up with any shit. This is the third female uh, press secretary. In a world where the liberals are always on the lookout for misogyny, they're not giving her any any credit. They're not giving Kellyanne Conway any credit. Why do they hate conservative women? I don't know. Food for thought. Nothing we can answer today. But they don't give any credit to women in the Trump ca- uh, campaign because they just they they don't they have their blinders on. They're too busy they're campaigning for Linda Sour 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 Sour. Was just a sour sewer, just a pox on humanity. So I think, from my end, and then we'll we'll pivot to what you think is coming next. But I think Priebus is out by the end of summer. Um, McMaster will be out very soon. Sessions, he's already telegraphing Rudy or Ted Cruz. So I don't know why not Trey Gowdy Ross, uh, Republic Re- Republican senator on the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee. Why not him? No, he's a he's a he's a congressman, believe it or not. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry about that, congressman. But, he, but he's a pit bull. I really like him, but they say, uh, well, actually, AG is typically a political appointee, whereas FBI is more of a non-political. But I'm happy with Trey Gowdy. He would be a fantastic AG. He'd be great. Uh, but again, he he didn't really have much to show for the whole Hillary stuff. So I take I, I take Senator Ted Cruz as our AG. Let that smart really? mf'er from Harvard go after those you know liberal stiffs that are using and getting behind their you know their cloak and dagger language of the law. Yeah. Yep. He's like I, I, he's I, like I, a, he's he's like he's like, like a vampire coming after him. It's unbelievable. He is. He. It's like you're. It's like when the CIA gets someone to flip. You get Ted Cruz to flip from his own vampire. That's right. Or you turn him in. Yes, it's amazing. I I think he would be a fantastic pick for attorney general. So that's interesting. So um, we know Chris Christie's just he's just imploding and self-immolating. But um, Chris Christie is a is a is a microcosm of the Democratic Party itself. Which, by the way, reported stats came out. How much money they in debt as of seven twenty four twenty seventeen. 3.3 3 million dollars in the red 
So the DNC is $3.3 million as of the record, the time of this recording. They're 0-5 since the time of Donald Trump being elected. They were completely incorrect, and everyone was handing the baton to Hillary as Donald Trump was elected. And tell me again how we're listening to these people. Well, that's about, the thing. <laughs> about uh, tell me again about these people's ideas and how we want any of it. What? Well, well, well what happened today? Uh, you heard Chuck Schumer say, "Finally, showing accountability." He did, uh, Ross. It was amazing. It was reading between the lines. Go ahead, you know, tell him what they said, what he said, what he saw him say. And I didn't read the whole entire article, but it basically, he said, "You know, the Democrats are to blame, not Russia." Right. They need exactly. We need to look at ourselves. It was finally the time what they should have done. Day, you know, November 9th, 2017 yep. is what yep. that that Chuck Schumer finally did today. And as astute as Donald J. Trump picked up, he immediately tweeted out, you know, after almost a full year, you know, you finally have even Chuck Schumer coming out and saying that they should be taking responsibility for it, which it's like sometimes it's like Schumer foot and mouth. Right. Like, whoops. Yep. But that was that was huge, and um, you know, so that what they're trying to do is they're trying to. And you and I had fun with that today. Uh, he, he basically, the, the liberals are now saying, "Oh, now we're ready to endorse, uh, you know, economic populism. We're ready to endorse the populism that we didn't embrace before." And I'm thinking to myself, why do you assholes get get a leg? You don't even have a leg to stand on. You had a populist candidate, and you tried to undermine him and get him out of the race because it was Hillary's turn. You had your chance with a populist, and you fucked it up, right? That's right. So, so where, where, who, who in the Democrat Party right now, even if they weren't a Bernie supporter, even if they were Hillary all along, they hear populism and economic populism and a better deal. Who's going to take these people seriously? And nobody. I, I, I mean, I say nobody, but maybe that's my echo chamber. But no, I, I listen. I tend to agree with you, and I, you know, as uh, as we were making jokes earlier about, I was watching CNN earlier tonight, and I couldn't stand it. Like I couldn't stand it, and I was really trying. Right, I was in it for forty five minutes, and I'm going. I just spent forty five minutes for them to have all these different angles and panels and panelists talk about a Russian collusion thing that no one has evidence on. Correct. No one. And they've been doing this every single day for the past eight plus months. Like if you're a viewer, if you're a viewer of content, think of it that way, right? You're viewing any kind of content. Imagine sitting down and watching anything like that with no substance whatsoever that allows you to actually sink your teeth into it. I mean, it must be kind of completely, and I'm not joking and using this very selectively, it must be mind numbing. It's got to be, and, and also boring. I mean, if you're seeing this, like you and I, we like to cover new ground every week. If we're talking about Seth Rich every single podcast, it's going to get old after a while, you know? But for CNN, these people are actual professionals. You and I are doing an amateur thing. The CNN people... <laughs> they're, they're now not, Ross, on our podcast, they're now known as the professional AV uh, team uh, in wing of the Democratic Party. Say that again, it got a little jumbled. They're the professional AV wing of the Democratic Party. They the AV, are. They're the AV team. That's what they, they are. are. They are. <laughs> they are. It's so true, man. But they, you know, it's just, and this is their job. And you know, every even even Allison Camerata, who's one of the hosts, she used to be at Fox News. She actually came out and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm as sick of covering Russia as you are." And you know, but so the common sense response is, "Well, why do you keep covering it? You keep trying to fan a flame even bigger, and it's not working." You know, and, and they don't they don't take the feedback. They just, well, no, you know, uh, the uh, who's the CEO, Jeff, um, whatever the hell his name is, the CEO of CNN, um, basically saying, no, you need to keep covering it. We need it's a ratings cash cow for us. You need to keep covering it. And I don't even think their ratings are going up. We know we heard two weeks ago that they lost to Yogi Bear. And reruns on Nick at Night. I mean, this that's is, right. They're not. You look at Anderson Cooper, who's very talented, bright guy. He's got Vanderbilt globalist connections. Oh, he's the CIA guy, globalist. Yeah, that denies all being written CIA, all over him. He, he's he's from a family of that, and his ratings used to be at least decent a decade ago. Now he doesn't even scratch the surface. I mean, it's really pathetic. And 
I don't know. It was, only, it was so funny. So we were watching Jake Tapper, which, you know, if I'm publicly or not, just not a favorite of one of my least favorite, as a matter of fact. And it was so funny after 45 minutes of this, you know, as I already went over, I have to go over again, the Russian stuff. It was amazing. As you know, they do the promos for the next show. And it's like, and coming up next on Anderson Cooper, we dive deeper into the Russia probe. And I'm going, no, no, no. no anything but that <laughs> you know what i mean oh jesus the same people who they covered the malaysian plane the missing malaysian plane ad nauseum it was ad nauseum and oh, it's horrible just they just didn't know when to break from it and even today so today for those that weren't paying attention jared kushner uh son-in-law cushy cushies cushy cushy he was it's kind of um, a cuck he told definitely a cuck i mean you saw him today yeah, after after interview in the press conference rather but he to his credit he published exactly what he said or what he was going to say behind closed doors and he said basically the four meetings i had were like introductory meetings i'm yawning as i say this introductory meetings i mean one um one of the ambassadors gave him like dirt from the homeland of his belarus born grandparents like, these are the secret meetings the liberals are making this up to be. And, you know, he, he went in there and was actually really good. And he sounded very clear and concise and said, look, there's nothing to see. He actually he actually had to leave that infamous Russian lawyer meeting 10 minutes in. He, he made up an excuse to get out. He had someone he texted for his assistant to call him so he could leave the meeting. It was that bad. So if that's the best thing you can see for Russian collusion, and it was a meeting where Jared Kushner leaves early and the other guys that are in there stop at the 20 minute mark. Um, you don't have anything. Right. And, and he, and today the media was just trying to like, they were trying to make a big deal out of anything. So, uh, Kushner has a good day. So what's the criticism? Well, how is this guy going to handle peace negotiations in the middle East? If he can't even last 10 minutes in a meeting. And I'm like, is that the spin you're, so we've gone from Russia hacking to Russia collusion to, okay, it's not collusion, but this guy's going to have thicker skin when he goes into dumb meetings. I'm thinking, you guys got nothing. If that's the best you have, you have nothing. You got nothing. So, You're a bunch of suckers. A so, bunch of suckers. So that was that was Kushner. We have Manafort later in the week, who was a Ukrainian consultant it was on yeah you know that's a big question just to reiterate what you're saying like so <laughs> what you're telling me is that you know kind of like the comey thing right besides him perjuring himself and coming out with <laughs> evidence that was quite contrary of what they wanted uh, against trump is that kushner came out and how many charges were brought against him today zero right oh zero. Oh, that's interesting because they yeah. dedicated so much time onto what a criminal and how many conspiracies he was hiding that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Usually, usually in every uh, you know, in every experience I've had, unfortunately, if only a few, uh, in everything I've seen on TV, the guilty people of whom they have evidence for, once they get them into the place, they don't let them out. Right. Right? Isn't right. that weird? Yeah, right. Go figure. Well, Ed, the other thing is, usually when there's an investigation of something, there's a crime committed. Um, now, we're just kind of, we're looking for a crime. You know, it's, it's usually, I don't know, it's backwards to me. I'm not some detective, but common sense says if an investigation, investigation, a special prosecutor, like, wouldn't you need a crime happening first? Like, what if, what if, what if they you find think, collusion? Ross. What would happen? Like, you can't, there's not, what are they going to stick people with a, a law that, like, they're going to have to really force this. And I don't think they, they, they bargain, they just want to keep it going. So... I don't know what the next step is. Manafort is a was a he he was an international consultant. This was all on record what he did. So now they can't link Manafort to Russia. So the, now they they say, well, he did consulting for Ukraine and was paid for it. And oh by the way, that Ukraine government was friendly to the Kremlin. So now we're actually taking Russia out of the equation. We're pivoting to the to the country west of it. And now if you help Ukraine in any way, um, and that Ukrainian party that you help is liked by Putin, that's now part of the investigation. As well as Trump's business dealings. He's been an international business mogul for about 30, 40 years. Um, that was his red line to, to fire Mueller. So I don't know what the next steps are going to be. 
But he now has a, a case to say, you know what, Mueller, you have 16 people that are Hillary donors. 99% of them have donated to Hillary. 1% have donated uh, to Trump. Uh, they're all professional Democrat prosecutors. Uh, none of them were pro-Trump. Mueller was technically a Republican, but he's a swamp creature. So you now have a you know, extremely biased investigation team. Uh, you're going to undoubtedly, if you're going to look into his finances, now they're talking about, oh, there was a $50 million condominium sold to a Russian oligarch for $90 million. Okay, well, that's, that's called real estate, you know? It was nothing illegal about it. Well, you're, if that happened in 2008, then that means that Trump knew ahead of time he was trying to win people over for a presidential run. Like, it's such a stretch. And everyone that's falling for it, I just I lose more respect for them by the day. So, that you know, that's, that's just kind of where this is going. So when you see Mueller likely fired in the next two weeks, it's not because Trump is hiding something and he's going to try to pardon himself from a crime he hasn't even been charged with. It's because Mueller just kind of ran aground of his, his, his actual mandate. That's right. Find Russia collusion slash Russia hacking. If you keep moving the goalposts, then this investigation is going to go on for eight years. Is this a witch hunt? It could, it's a witch hunt. It could involve you and me, Steve. We could eventually get roped in because there, there was a kid in our, our class senior year from Russia. That's right, uh, and so, we talked so he, to him at one point, and I actually was friends with him. I might have traded even text messages with him, God forbid. Yeah, yeah, so I think you're fucked. You are fucked. So so that's where it's going on the whole Russia collusion front, or lack thereof. Uh, as you can see, the Donald Trump Jr. thing kind of died down. The only part I was pissed about was that, you know, there's new people coming into the fray of being in that room. But I will say, uh, we talked about Fusion GPS. That's the intelligence firm that was uh, hired out by, uh, I think it was the FBI or the actual opposition people within the DNC to find dirt on Donald Trump. And they actually, the FBI paid this company, Fusion GPS, to create the dossier. The piss, the pee-pee, poo-poo uh, dossier from January that McCain brought McStain. over to the... McStain brought over to the FBI and said, I can't validate this, can you have a look? Knowing it was going to get leaked, knowing it was going to go to the FBI and the CIA and people were going to have a field day with it, and it was completely false. Well, Fusion GPS also has two people connected with them in the meeting with Donald Trump Jr. And Glenn Simpson, who is the uh, founder of the company, was subpoenaed. Uh, or, I'm sorry, may or may not have been subpoenaed by Chuck Grassley, Senator Grassley on the Intelligence Committee, but was asked to come before them and testify. And he said, I can't go, I have a vacation planned and if I do go, I'm going to plead the fifth anyway. So now you have Susan Rice backing out, who eventually she sat down off the record and talked to them. You have Glenn Simpson saying, I'm not going to do anything. You have Loretta Lynch who's saying, no, I'm not going to come and interview. You have Debbie Washerman Schultz who wants nothing to do with it. Um, you know, listen, compare that to the Trump side, where they're all volunteering to go. Um, no, <laughs> don't pay any attention to that. Um, so you compare, contrast the secrecy. Um, uh, is there a ferret loose on your keyboard? Why can you hear it running around? Um, so so, uh, let me let me get my train of thought back. Contrast the secrecy and the smashing and the bleaching of the Hillary campaign. Contrast that with Trump, where everybody is volunteering to go in front of the, uh, the, the committee. Uh, Roger Stone was turned away because they didn't have enough ed uh, evidence on him. Um, and he was asking, he was he was asking, let's do it and let's do it publicly. He was begging to publicly testify. So if you look, sounds at like a guilty language, person. Yeah, really. If it's even if you're like a just someone just not even hearing the content, you just see the way people are reacting. Trump's people are, are actually sending out emails. They're giving a copy of everything <laughs> they're testifying to. They're volunteering to go on the stand. They're saying, yeah, okay, I'll go talk. I have nothing to hide. You saw the poise of Donald Trump Jr. when he was on Hannity. God um, damn those obstructionists, Ross. Yeah, well, it's, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So those are the obstructionists, yet they're the ones being over-the-top open with the investigation. 
So, Ross, let me ask you this. Let me switch gears for a second, and let me ask you. As a father, you know, you got kids. You're, you know, looking at all these things and the past that you can send them. What worries you on a really high level uh, for them especially? Like, you know, let's say the family feud. Like, what are your top three things, like, realistically that make you worried about their future? I worry. I worry. Well, first of all, we're raising the kids to just respect the rule of law. And no matter who's running the country, you have to respect the rule of law because... No, no, I understand that. We'll get into that. I don't want to okay, stop okay. you. We'll get into that. I mean, like, what are things that are going on right now, like events and things that are like the top three things that make you worried for them and their safety and their well-being and them continuing the Ajamian line or your version of it? I would say the intolerance of the left when it comes to difference of opinion. We saw today... Uh, there was someone on Kat Von D, you know, the art, tattoo artist? She's covered in head-to-toe uh, tattoos. Yeah, I saw that. Could tell, and, tell more. And, and I guess there was someone that won an award on her show or whatever program for best whatever. They won some type of sweepstakes or contest. They found pro-Trump messages on one of her social media platforms. And they they stripped her of whatever she won and disqualified her. And they said, well, we can't have someone that embraces a bigot, blah, blah, blah. So we've taken this award from her. And I'm thinking as a microcosm, this is how the left thinks. I know it's a stereotype, and I know we have friends that are actually open-minded that still happen to vote for Hillary. But I don't want my kids to be in a situation where because of their belief system, they're going to be pushed into the corner right. and ostracized by society. And I say that as a neutral political part. I mean, I'm raising my kids to be conservative, libertarian-leaning Christians as I'm out of breath like a fat person gulping for air on sports talk radio. Um, I, I want my kids to be conservative, libertarian-leaning Christians. But if they meet atheists, Muslims, Jews, Democrat, progressive, liberal, I don't want them to, A, judge the other person, and ostracize them and make them feel like they're an outcast, much like I wouldn't want my kids being treated the same way. And that's very scary because so, you see... So liberal fascism is number one on your list. I would say intellectual fascism, not even necessarily a liberal or conservative slant. Intellectual fascism where you shut down mm, someone because you've assigned hate to them. Now I understand if you're calling for violence, which let's, let's face it, the Trump campaign's not really doing that. That's more the Antifa stuff. And the Richard Spencer alt-right crisis, right. but there's only seven of them. Um, but it's the intellectual fascism where if you disagree with me, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a homophobe, you hate black people, you hate Jews, you're an anti-Semite. Um, we talked about this last week with the alt-light, alt-right article from the Anti-Defamation League. That can do some serious damage, and you're gonna, people are getting death threats for being on that list. Just because someone... Yes, I saw Cernovich came out with a video, and that's exactly what he said. And he was like, I've been put on a death list. Yep, yep. So what happens... Or a kill God list. Forbid, God forbid someone shoots him somewhere in Los Angeles. Because the Anti-Defamation League, ironically, runs an article saying he's a hate monger. And it just... And it's very infuriating. So yeah, that's the future of our country. When you have the snowflake culture, it's a very scary thing. Especially when you have little kids that you're trying to raise... On a certain path. And so give me number two. Give me number two on your family feud. Number two thing to worry about. Um, prolonged unemployment. Prolonged shitty job situation. So an economy that is not growing. The jobs are not quality. It's a part-time environment. Everything gets replaced with robots. You know, stuff you and I would do as teenagers at a, at a local store is going to be replaced by robots, which means they're not getting any relevant work experience until they're 23, yep. at which point they get in a long unemployment line because there's no jobs. I think economic job growth is critical, and that's why Trump is so important. He wants so hold on, let me pause you. So new, uh, so what are you yeah, doing yeah, yeah. for them? What are you doing for them? If that's, if that's your number two, what are you doing right now to prepare them for that? Um. My wife and I are adamant about, I say dictate, and it sounds forceful. We're going to basically give them a list of majors that will get them on the road to what we think is success. Um, majors that 
are not going to mean that they're going to be living in our house till they're 30, 35 years old. Right, right. You're talking about majors. You're talking about college majors. Yeah, so, I'm right? sorry, college or whatever we go for cut the college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great, great, great. How old are your kids? 12, 10, 6. Okay, so let me take a step back for you when I say, what are you doing for your kids now to prepare them for that inevitability and in some cases you see here 12 years from now plus? That's a question. Say that last sentence again. I said that's the question. What am I doing to prepare them now? What are you doing right now? What are actual things, skills that you're preparing them for that inevitability? Oh, it's really just studying and book work. There's no legitimate skill that I'm teaching them, unfortunately. And shame well, on no, me. I think it's unfortunately. It's, a, it's worth talking about. We don't have to do it right now. But no, I think it should be. You should be doing things. How about um, like would you encourage – because I think it was interesting how your your immediate uh, like response went to college and yeah. majors, right? Like really weird. You should totally yeah. examine that and talk to Colleen about that because I think that that's, as we've seen right now, a failed – experiment it's only going to be worse if you ask me not better in that amount of years so you guys better be coming up with something else and teaching yep. them skills right yeah um, and, and this goes back to our college episode that we talked about right so yeah absolutely and you know just throwing one out there i was thinking about it earlier today like language i had always wished that someone had practically made me and you know school tries to do a good job but they do it in such an ass backwards way like we don't have to get into that now but language right because language if you could learn another language and obviously know english you could always go to that country or a country that speaks that language you could you know now with technology you could be teaching to the you know more affluent members of that community or those communities uh yep. english as uh like over the internet and you get paid for it right so that has nothing to do with college education these are all things that you can teach yourself right there if you have a parent who's you know putting that effort and forcing you to go to gymnastics right and doing yep. all that effort why not just as much into something like that right yeah that's true and and to go full tinfoil those are those, well, those are template. Those are skills, though, right? That's no, why no, I was well, asking well, you. Those are real well, no, that's skills. That's what I'm saying. I, I, on the whole, learning a new language, if, to go for to a tinfoil situation where you got to do bug out and leave the country if there's civil war. Where are people going? Where are the elites going? They're going south of the border. They're going to South America, and knowing Spanish is a critical component. So that's a good point that you didn't even think you were making. Where, yeah, it almost makes you want to teach them Spanish earlier. Because God forbid anything happened where we had to leave the country, we'd have to go to Costa Rica, Paraguay, Uruguay. Uh, I wouldn't say Nicaragua, but there's a lot. Uh, Bolivia, right? Right. So that's a, that's an interesting point I hadn't considered. Yeah, so you guys should think of that. And, and my, my second kind of follow-up is, you know, because again, you went into education and I, I see this and I, I think that we're missing something here in America and it's a re a reinvigoration of trade schools in like, yep. you know, not only in the in the money to fund them and structure them, but also like the pride that goes into like the trades themselves and that those people work hard and there's nothing wrong with working hard and getting your hands dirty, you know, so that and that's. That's an embraceable and you're learning a trade. You're learning a skill. There's a real skill there that people need and it's helpful, right? Um, and I think we've, we've talked about this because one of the few things I liked about Marco Rubio's platform, he was very plugged into trade schools, vocational schools. And I think I've told you my mom taught at a vocational school in Quincy, uh, Massachusetts. So um, it's it, we've always known that that's been an, an alternative for people. So. Why are we shutting that down? Why aren't we expanding funding to that? So you, you you want Trump to win over the education community? Have Betsy DeVos do something where there's a there's a inroad towards vocational school, right? That would be when unbelievable. You, that would be awesome. And you basically undercut the need to push everyone into college where if people know that the government's going to be funding it, uh, you're going to keep raising your prices into perpetuity. Whereas if you now say, okay, vocation is for the people that are not going on to college for whatever reason, they're going to learn a trade. They're going to be productive. They're going to be skillful. They'll do apprenticeships, whatever. Boom. You now reinvigorate that type of skill set, and you're no longer in debt to the tune of $250,000. That's right. So, so that was one thing that Rubio got right. But no, I, I, I'm on board with the trade school thing. Totally I think that's a big thing. And let me give you another one and bring it home to, to you personally and totally telling you your business. But it's like if you're you as of who you are, Ross, if you're not – 
indoctrinating your children with a financial literacy degree, you're an asshole. A complete and utter asshole. And good, I'm glad to hear you are. And you should be, right? And like if one thing that I, I totally rail against my parents for, and I think this is a big part of problems for most communities, right? Especially communities of color is a is a financial education on equities, right? And bonds and the markets and how they work and what it means to have uh, and own an asset that gives you passive income, right? Because what passive income, if you had enough of those, you wouldn't have to work and you could retire. But it's just the mindset and the education, right? And these people, they just don't have it. I've had to get into it off my own, yep. right? And and so you got to be self-taught about it, right? It is. It, well, a lot of it's self-taught unless, you know, just like that's what education or public education is. Someone brings you down that path kind of forcibly and no one does that in our public education system. But, it's kind of it's kind of amazing. But, but, and I think we've said on the, the thing before, you and I both go to Zero Hedge a lot. I learn more from Zero Hedge and self-teaching myself books than I did in college and grad school. So sure, people, I want to hear excuses that people, oh, that's too high level for me and blah, blah, blah. I didn't go to school for that. That's a bullshit cop-out excuse. You totally. There are ways and things you can bite, take bite-sized chunks from it. Exactly. So to your point, yes, I in one of my bonding situations with my son, my oldest, when we would drive to golf, in New Jersey to his golf clinic, I would put on Alex Jones and we talk about the world. We talk about the election cycle. We talk about that's fantastic. You know, e, the EU. We talk about Brexit. Like that's the kind of stuff I want my kids learning about. We talk. That's about great. Thumbs clients. up on that. We talk with all three of our kids. We talk and Ross, about- I'm talking about like your kids, you know, and this is what my kids, they're going to have, you know, 800 credit scores by the time they're 18 because I'm going to get them credit cards in their name at 17 and like make them do all their purchases and teach them about tax and everything, yep. you know, at Good. a super young age. And they'll learn to know all that stuff. So when they're 18, they may even have a few assets under their name because they all the money that they worked from when they were like 14, they were putting up to buying an apartment building, right? And like weird shit like that or a bond or something. You're going, yeah, things going to give you 3% over the next 20 years. Great. Yep. Yep. Well, you got to teach them that at a young age when they're engaged and... It actually works out, and, and now I have my twelve-year-old and I can talk about the globalists, the Illuminati. We can talk about how Greece is going to go bankrupt. Like I, we just, it, he can hang on my level, and I'm nothing special, but we can talk about it anytime. He'll wake up and say, "Daddy, any new news that I should be aware of," um, and he'll go to school and talk about it. It's, it's just, it's, it's fun when you actually get them engaged. So. Um, I'm great. That's I applaud you on that, and I and you're the best person to do it because you dive in the numbers all day, right? Say that last sentence over again. I said you're a great person to do it because you dive into numbers all day, right? I do, and I share those numbers with him, and he gets it. He gets what GDP is. He gets what growth rate is and what taxing is and where it's going and all this stuff, what a budget deficit is. Like He knows all that shit. He's, That's fantastic. He's going sixth grade. So, um, I Kudos to you, my friend. Well, so let I've me... fallen short of a lot of other categories of parenting but that one I think I'm trying my best. Yeah, that's another podcast for another time. So, yeah. let me give you, you know, you can give me your number 3, but I wanted to talk about this and throw this in there cuz I think this is always and really ever important. Uh and you know, it's it, these are, you know, far out there and they don't touch us every day, but they're very practical things and if I had children right now, I'd be worried about Fukushima and what's going on over there and how much, you know, you know, toxic water they already have dumped into the the oceans. You saw a report this past a couple of days ago that they're, uh, you know, looking at another 700,000, you know, if it's gallons or whatever measurement that they were looking at liters um, of toxic, you know, spent waste water that they're holding in these pools. It's horrible. Yep. Uh, and I think just even today we saw they're getting, you know, the first footage of an underwater robot that's gone under and taken a look, first look at, you know, some of the, the damage that's been caused. The, the, in this case, this was the used, uh, you know, the used and spent, uh, you know, fuel rods that had like melted and fused together apparently with, you know, the other metal of the, the facility and everything. It's just a complete disaster. I saw that picture. It looked like it looked like almost like when you see like a, a shipwreck from underwater. Like it yeah, it's horrible. Like disaster status. It's completely disaster status. And you know, I always say this to people. I go the you know the scariest thing that people don't know about Fukushima, or maybe the ones that do that can level with me and understand is that the technology that's going to be able to quote unquote 
clean up the Fukushima site doesn't exist today and they don't think it's going to exist well into the 2020s. Well, fuck me really? sideways. Yes. Really? And at that time in the next three years, if we don't kill off this entire planet or find a way to get off it, I mean, could that be the thing? Yes, it could. It could. You, and you know that you know that if one thing about the Japanese or maybe you don't, I'll tell you and you're learning something tonight. They don't talk about shit. They're one of the most private cultures in the world till yep. their own detriment. Yep. Yep. Not good for us. Not, Not good, good for us. And you know at this point, and you and I were following this five years ago, Fukushima fallout, radioactive fallout, has hit California. It there already has. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's has. documented. And, and, what, what, and it's, this could be a segue into Snopes, but Snopes would have said, well, no, there's no truth that any of the fish are, and salmon are dying because of that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like cartoonish fish heads with the, the spine showing are starting to pop up right outside of California shores. And lots of different sea life is dying. And Nothing to see here, dead. folks. Nothing to see here because Snopes was able to do some intellectual pretzel making and, and mental gymnastics their way out of it. So I, I told my boss came over from the UK a couple of years ago and she's like, talk to me about this conspiracy stuff, Ross. My buddy's like, dude, tell her about Fukushima. And I went into it hardcore three years ago. And that was as it was still in the news. And so now you know it's washing up on the shores. You know people are ingesting food that has subtle traces of whatever radioactive crap. And now those people are ingesting the food and it's in their system. And God knows what's going to happen. I, you know, project out what you think is going to happen. But it's bad. Nothing's it's good bad. Nothing good. So um, I'm the rabbit hole monitor tonight. So we're 36 minutes in. Uh, we want to talk about three more things. So, uh, Snopes, some news breaking on Snopes. We have Anthony Scaramucci has joined the White House as communications director. And we have the DNC caught in another smash and grab, uh, really just a smash of IT hardware. I don't know why they're so disrespectful of IT hardware. Um, so, in that well, you order... Just, yeah, you just talked about Snopes. So why don't you talk about... You know what the what the reveal was that we all found out today. The reveal about Snopes. Yes. So it looks like they are losing ad revenue because they're normally uh, reader supported, and they're having some of the same ad revenue problems that I think Alex Jones and Infowars had. But Infowars is a nimble organization. Uh, Snopes is now they're broke. They actually, close the. They're doors. broke. Say it. They're broke. Yes. They're fucking broke. Let me give you the headline. Broke. Snopes is broke. Just like a lot of the failing New York Times and the you know CNN and their ratings tree, which I think we can all attribute, and this is why we're bringing it up, to the completely failed policies and ideas of the left, except for within all of them within their bubble, which all add all of them up across the country, and they can't even elect a president. So it really doesn't fucking matter at the end it of the doesn't. day. And I, I wish they would all recognize that, right? It we're all trying to we're all trying to shake them, going. Recognize that. <laughs> yep, and they don't want to because they're the smartest people in the room, right? Oh, they're, oh, it's the worst, right? You don't. You're irrelevant. You're irrelevant. But uh, yeah, so so Snopes is failing, and one of the most beautiful things is right, and like that's what you're saying, and like that's the irony, right? It's like if you're so right, if you're so morally just, if you're so educated, and you're so right. How are you failing? How, how that's not the that's not the formula that we all in a common sense understand, right? right. right? So, you know, you're failing and so the news is they you can go find it right now. Uh, Snopes went to to GoFundMe and they were looking for $500,000, which they'll probably get in donations yep. in order for them to keep their doors they open. Built, yeah, exactly. And what I find is fascinating, though, you dig a little deeper, is that the, the owner and founder and operator of Snopes.com last year was caught embezzling money from his company funds into his own personal funds and using those to buy hookers. Fantastic! <laughs> you, you can't make this up. You can go look at Snopes and see if that one's true, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that, so that, what also precipitated this was the fact that the couple that founded the website had a really ugly divorce, probably because the husband was a was a creeper, and they couldn't. the The irony, the irony of all of it, is that Snopes, who is known, I think they're still. I think the the consensus is that 
they try to be down the middle, but they always end up being on the left. In other words, they'll deny Hillary Clinton stories uh, that we, you and I know are true. And then when it comes to a Republican story that we know is fake, they'll say it's true. And that's how we know. And that's how we know that John McCain is a true Democrat because right. they they deny anything about him being called the songbird and like you know giving up information to the Koreans and the North Koreans, which is completely right. false. Right. And they deny that Hillary Clinton was you know fired or asked to leave the Watergate investigation. They deny every single member of the ninety-eight person body count of the Clintons. They deny, 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 and you just like, holy crap! I've, I'm reading something different that says otherwise. But you have like a BuzzFeed reject writing for you as an investigator, uh, and supposedly you're the subject matter expert now. All you do is you have the same Google that I have access to. You just like to play intellectual games better, um, which means you probably belong in the law profession. But nonetheless, Snopes couldn't—they couldn't even get their divorce proceedings right. They couldn't even fact check each other. Husband and wife who started the website Snopes. Neither one of them could could get their facts right in the divorce proceedings. Fantastic. Um, so you know that site's going down. Not that I not that I root for it to go down, but I just like the carnage of it going down. So yeah, the um, same thing. It's like it's it's kind of along the same uh, the same line as you know they're actually thinking about running Zuckerberg for president, and it's like oh yeah. my god, please run Mark Zuckerberg for president. Like what are you, what have you guys come to? I just don't know. Like, Trump always kept his name in the news, and he always gave us his belief system. So you knew he was a capitalist pragmatist that was not really a Republican, not really a Democrat. He was kind of his own brand, his own man. Zuckerberg, all we know about Zuckerberg is he's uh, he's really good at, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, censoring the news of people he doesn't like. <laughs> That's the only thing I know about Zuckerberg. Because Facebook is shadow banning people, all of his social media friends are shadow banning. That's what they do. No, but think of like think of like the the complete ridiculousness of going from a real like you know Donald Trump, the seventy year old guy who just walks with a big stick and shakes your hand, is known for that, and looks you straight in the face, to go into this cock named Zuckerberg who built up his business being in a fucking dark college dorm room as a fr- as a loser freshman knowing like two people because he was just the worst human ever with like no social skills you know what i mean and he built this creepy network that has eventually turned into this behemoth but it's like come on man all those things great i mean he's a yeah you're a billionaire well, great you, well, you but like you're, you're going to run for you're going to run for president you're going to beat donald trump like please man come on Stop it. it well, it, and also, if you saw the movie um, Social Media, whatever the hell the name of the movie was. Great movie, The Social Facebook Network. Story. It was very, yeah, that's the one. There was that Eduardo guy, those those uh, Winklevoss twins. Um, there was three other people that he kind of like dicked over to get where he was. So I, I don't know the whole story, but, I mean, you can say Trump was a ruthless businessman as well, but he's got 40 years of success. Oh, he's, he's totally turned, ruthless, but I don't think there's know, anything billion, wrong with being ruthless. To Seven billion. So, you know, I, I just, I, I want to see more out of Zuckerberg before he just throws his name in. Trump, you at least knew where you were going to get. You're going to get a wild, mildly racist guy that has really good ideas. Um, with Zuckerberg, I just don't know what the hell we're going to get. So, but hey, go for it. Run him, run the rock. Um, run Kanye. I don't care. So, it won't really matter. So, um, time check. We're at the 43-minute mark. Two other topics to talk about. Uh, Anthony Scaramucci replacing the departed communications director who resigned like a month ago. Forget his name. And also Sean Spicer is out, replaced by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I think things are really going to pick up. Um, I like the Scaramucci. Oh, he's he blew a kiss to the media. He's very... He's very calm, but he's very effective and forceful. He's a Harvard guy. Very good. He's a he's a billionaire too. He's a very quiet billionaire. So uh, he's done a lot of good things, and and you know they were making fun of him. Like Jake Tapper, going back to CNN for a second, he was on with Jake Tapper yesterday. Jake Tapper said, "I noticed you're you know everyone's talking about the tweets, deleting the tweets. Okay, fine, ask the question. But instead of just being like, okay, what's up with that? Scaramucci was like." Okay, Donald Trump makes fun of me for these same tweets. We talk about all of them. He makes fun of me. I make fun of him back. That's a good, healthy relationship, healthy tension. Tapper goes, 
the fact that you're deleting these tweets, tweets show that you will do anything uh, to be in the employ of someone. You will sacrifice all of your morals. Or something like that. And Scaramucci's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, would you ask that question of any other person uh, that, you know, kind of went in line and, and started getting in line with their new boss? Like, he said, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll compromise all your positions just for a job. And I'm like, Tapper, that is such a spin. Oh, Tappy. Of, you know, just Jake Tapeworm. So I, I thought that was a bit obnoxious, but it's such as such as CNN these days. So um, thoughts on Scatamooch? I'm a fan. I'm a fan for the position that he's in. You know, I'm sure I might. I think I would think he'd be an interesting guy to go have a drink with. I don't know if he would be like my kid's uh, godparent or something, you know, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, he seems like a good dude. He seems like a really good dude. Oh, uh, Ross, you hear per the Washington Post, Senator McCain to return to Senate on Tuesday after announcing last week that he's got brain cancer. I, he was tweeting about the uh, policy where Trump no longer arms terrorists. Oh, he, good. that's because it's like his Trump? personal program. That's probably why he yep. has brain cancer through karma, that fucking scumbag. <laughs> he, he was on his, on his bed at the hospital tweeting out why he disagrees with the foreign policy of Trump. Yeah, why? Well, where isn't anybody stepping up the same people who are attacking Trump about tweeting and going, all right, take it easy there, thumbs, McCain. Yep. Thumbs, <laughs> McCain. Jesus. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, very interesting time to be alive. Um, I guess last last news item on my list that we, we loosely put together... Um, DNC, more problems from the DNC. Well, we already so, mentioned. I wanted to. We already highlighted, and let's mention again, and then I'll let you go. That how much did they just announce as both parties just released their uh, coffers and, and funds? How much did the DNC have? Three point three million dollars in the red. In the yeah. Republicans were at forty five million in the black. Yeah. I think forty-five in the back and the black, but the Republicans also have like eighteen million cash on hand or something. Oh, like that. daddy, it's big time yeah. money. No, so that so so now what you're seeing is now reality is hitting Democrats in the face, right? So the Washington D.C. Beltway is in chaos, no doubt. I hope Washington Congress and the White House is in. I like the fact that there's chaos, but what they don't realize is outside of D.C. and New York City and Chicago and L.A. The rest of the country is like, no, keep doing what you're doing, dude. We're happy. In fact, we're giving money to the Republicans. We don't even like them. So think well, you know what's the best? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you go. Go, go, go. Well, it's, it's, it's just it's unbelievable how everything always comes down to money. And I never thought of it this way. But thank God, right? And I love this thing because there are really Democrats that are going, yeah, you know what? You can have my rotting brain. I'll watch your bullshit CNN. But I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna give you my money if you continue to talk about Russia and you produce nothing. Right, 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 and that is what's gonna stop them. We forget. We forget about that. I think, and and I think my wish is that both parties just implode. I just want chaos, right? I'm happy to see chaos on the Republican side. It's not that we're trying to have a biased podcast where we just make fun of Democrats. We make fun of Republicans almost equally. Um, and and you know, we come from different backgrounds, Steve, politically. But I hate both parties. I fucking hate both parties. Like I I have no skin in the game anymore. And it feels really freeing. So I don't know, but it's fun to watch um, the DNC implode, and they're going to keep imploding. That's right. You and I saw you. You and I could read the tea leaves. We kind of read the tea leaves on Brexit. We read the tea leaves on Trump. The Democrats that were just wagons circling around Hillary who didn't want to admit that there was some flaws um, they're the last people that are going to wake up and they're going to wake up at like the wrong time in 2020 when he gets reelected and then they're going to go from shouting to friggin I hope not but they're going to start getting depressed more suicidal thoughts they're going to pick up more drugs and alcohol they're going to start doing some self-destructive behaviors now it's just the screaming but in 2020 when he gets reelected it's going to be worse. They're going to just, they're not going to know how to conduct themselves. And it's going to be very funny to watch. So, but any thoughts on your end? I am just fascinated how this is all playing out. Yep. And, and we're ahead of the curve. We are ahead of the curve. So, 
uh, keep listening to the podcast and you'll be informed because we're digesting all the news and stuff that a lot of the networks aren't going to report anyway. So, And a lot of – to last segue of the day, um, speaking of the DNC, more information has come out about the missing information from the Awan brothers, three brothers that were paid six figures by Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the DNC over the past 10, 15 years for them to gather information on the DNC, on members of the Democratic Party, on members of the Republican Party. Uh, basically spying on Congress. Debbie Wasserman Schultz was their master. Um, they flew the coop back to Pakistan, but they left the shed full of Blackberries, hard drives. Uh, I don't think there was a server, but there's lots of computer stuff left behind. Um, thumb drives, all that shit, and they were smashed up. So now those are in the possession of the FBI. Why it took a year for that makes me sick. Uh, Mr. Comey, uh, but hey, at least it's in the possession now. So that's why Debbie Wasserman Schultz was very picky about making sure nothing gets taken away from her. She was very protective of her computers uh, and getting possession of the A1 brothers' computers back. Um, but apparently now that's with the FBI. So we'll see what they do. Uh, they're very slow moving. Um, so I don't know. I. Democrats are really good at smashing evidence. Did you ever notice that, Steve? Yeah, either that or just not turning it over and then going, don't look here. <laughs> look at them. Don't, don't look here. It's <laughs> Nothing Russia. to see here. Trust us, it's Russia, even though we've never let anyone see the DNC servers that were hacked. Or Podesta's. Podesta never turned his over to the FBI either. But hey, nope. why don't why, you know, but why don't we trust uh, you know, why doesn't Donald Trump Donald Trump trust the four uh, security agencies that are telling them that it's that it's the Russians, right? Why isn't right. he doing that? Well, right. <laughs> right? Oh, geez, the hypocrisy, it's its blinding from here, Ross. It is. It is. And it's really, it's really, uh, I don't know, it, it really grates at me because like, you feel like there's no such thing as justice anymore. If you know, all, you and I can read every day 25 stories about DNC hiding this and smashing that and bleaching this and deleting that and missing boxes and you know, IT people that are pleading the fifth and they're doctoring evidence after a, a subpoena date. And, you know, all this stuff that you could just write a book on and nothing's happening. You nothing. just see it happening and they're not doing anything about it because they are the swamp. Um, it's and it must be drained. And it must be drained. It must be drained. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. So 52 minutes in, um, maybe we'll tape Wednesday night. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. 